This podcast is brought to you by Northern Trust Wealth Management. What is the why that drives today's most successful business leaders? Tune in each month to the Road to Why podcast by the Northern Trust Institute, where host Eric Shapea dives deeper with entrepreneurs on their life's work, legacy, and the greater meaning of it all. Find the Road to Why where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today on the podcast, talking to Lin-Manuel Miranda, the man behind the Broadway smash Hamilton, which has just set a new Broadway record with 16 Tony nominations. This is WSJ Speakeasy, your source for entertainment, pop culture, celebrity, and the arts. This is Christopher John Farley, a senior editor with the Wall Street Journal. Today we're talking to Lin-Manuel Miranda, the man behind the Broadway smash Hamilton. Hamilton has just scored 16 Tony nominations, setting a new record for the most nominations ever by a Broadway show. Lin-Manuel, how do you feel about setting that record? <laughs> um, it would be pretty weird if I said bad, huh? <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, I'm thrilled. I'm really excited that, um, you know, that um, so much of our, uh, our incredible company and creative team were recognized by our peers. Does having 16 Tony nominations... Does it mean anything in particular? What do you feel this means to Broadway, to your show, to you in particular? Do, do I feel like the number 16 has some sort of talismanic power? I do not. You do I, not. <laughs> I am very excited. Um, but again, it is, um, you know, these are always bittersweet, right? We're being asked uh, to be put in a competition we never asked to be in. All we wanted to do was get our show on and make our show the best possible thing it would be. Um, and so um, it's, it's lovely uh, that so many people who are really working at the top of their game um, have been recognized um, because it's it's, uh, it's 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 a really exciting feeling to be able to to sort of spread that wealth and share it. You know, I have a ten-year-old daughter. She's seen the show and loves it and has memorized a bunch of the songs. She has other ten-year-old friends who have seen the show or have not seen the show and yet have the album and can recite lyrics from memory. Why do you think the show? has had such a hold over the imaginations of particularly younger fans. Hamill kids, I know. I can't get over it. Um, you know, if, if you're experiencing that with your own kids, imagine what I get on Twitter from three-year-olds and five-year-olds singing Aaron Burr, sir, which is one of the wordiest songs I've ever written. Um, it really is, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's exciting. I think part of it is that there's... It's, it's, uh, I think kids love, love rhythmic speech. I think it's one of the reasons hip-hop has become global, a piece of global culture. Um, but it's also, um, you know, I think there's, it's, it's fun for kids. I, 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 I don't really begin to, I can't really begin to explain it. I can tell you that it is, um, it is a delight on my Twitter feed uh, to see these kids sort of inadvertently learning history despite themselves because they like a song. And, of course, it's so hard to get tickets now. That's been part of the mythology of the show. It's just hard to get tickets. They're expensive. Is there anything you're doing now to help reduce the cost of getting tickets? Because there's so many people that want to see it. With these 16 nominations, there'll be even more people that want to see it. And after it wins some, even more. So it'll be even tougher to get a show, to get tickets to a show that it's almost impossible to get into now. Well, the reality of life is that Everyone cannot be in a 1,300-seat theater at the same time. Um, the, what we're doing on our end is, one, we're prioritizing kids. 
um, through a program with the Rockefeller Foundation and the Gilder Lerman Institute, 20,000 public school kids um, are going to be seeing this show this year alone. That program is being extended to our two national tours, um, one of which is opening in Chicago uh, in the fall. Uh, the other one is opening in San Francisco in the spring. Um, so that's the other part of your question is we're just making more productions of Hamilton. The entire original creative team, we're casting um, the best people in the world who are coming out in droves to audition for it because it's Hamilton, uh, which is very exciting. Um, and so the, the goal is, is not to squeeze the world into a 1,300-seat theater, but make a couple more rooms where it happens and continue to prioritize uh, the students that will benefit the most from it. So get more people in the room where it happens, so to say. Um, so, of yeah. course, I've also been hearing about this spinoff album that you're working on with all sorts of all-stars on the album. It'll give other people a chance to hear music from the show. What's the status of that right now? Who else will be added on, has been added on to this spinoff project of people recording songs from the show? Can you tell me more about that? <laughs> you know, I think of a quote from the movie The Social Network, which was, we can't monetize Facebook. We don't even know what it is yet. <laughs> and that's kind of... Um, the, the quote I can best uh, apply to the mixtape, which is, uh, to, to preface, my original idea for the show was not a show, but a concept album about the lives of Alexander Hamilton. It was called the Hamilton Mixtape in my head first. Um, and when I was reading Ron Chernow's book for the first time, I was picturing, all right, I was never picturing the literal founding fathers. I was picturing, all right, which rapper could take on the moniker of Hercules Mulligan, who has the soul and the moral authority to play George Washington. It's like a common meets John Legend um, type of voice. Um, and then it became a show in, in spite of myself, because that's what I know how to write. Um, so for me, the Hamilton mixtape is sort of, um, it's full circle. It is, it is the artists who inspired the idea of the show in turn being inspired and, and creating their own musical moments. So Common is going to be on the mixtape. He was one of the people I envisioned when I was reading the book. Buster Rhymes was my original Hercules Mulligan in my head. He has a verse uh, on the album. So the, and, and the reason I quoted Zuckerberg at the beginning is because as more artists come to the show, they are in turn inspired, and we say, okay, well, what inspires you? What would you make if you could choose a track from this show to either remix or rewrite? Um, and we're giving them a lot of autonomy to do that. Um, I've written the show. It exists already. And everyone who wants to hear the original recordings can listen to the cast album. So this is a chance for the artists we love to play. Um, and so I'm as curious as you are as to what we're going to hear in November. But what I've heard so far is really exciting. Are there any people who are part of the product that might surprise Hamilton fans? Well, I don't know, because when you say Hamilton fans, that could be the 93-year-olds with hearing devices at our theater or the 10-year-olds who are singing along with your kids. Um, it's a pretty wide swath. And so um, I think, uh, you know, my, my goal is to really stay true to the artists who kind of inspired the piece as I was writing it. So it's a lot of my favorite hip-hop artists and R&B artists. Um, and then, you know, some of my favorite, you know, I, I think one that might surprise people is Regina Spector, who is one of my favorite singer-songwriters, um, uh, does a cover of a ballad in the show um, that doesn't sound like anything else. And uh, I'm really excited by that. Now, of course, there's also been talk about whether you'll make a movie of this. There have been a lot of great Broadway shows that have become movies over the years, of course. 
Is that something that's in the offing, especially now that the, the original cast is still on the stage with you? Is that something you might want to do in the near future? Um, I, I think a movie adaptation of this show, uh, I, I, I don't think that's in the near future. I, you know, I look to my favorite uh, movie musicals. I look at the Les Misers of the World at Chicago. Um, and, you know, they were done later. You know, we still don't have a movie adaptation of Wicked. Everyone was clamoring for that as soon as it came out. Um, you know, uh, what's exciting is, one, what's exciting is the interest in that existing. Um, but, uh, again, I, I, I want as many people to experience uh, the show as a show first. Um, so there's time for the movie down the line. Now, of course, the show has had an impact beyond the Broadway stage and may have even impacted the currency that people have that you may have helped keep Alexander Hamilton on the $10 bill. Can you tell me a bit about the part you played in making that happen, what you had to say to the Treasury Secretary about the legacy of Hamilton that may have convinced him and others to say, we got to keep Hamilton on the bill? I I don't know that I buy that premise. You know, I I think that um, the, the, the lion's share of the credit for the new currency, not only the 10, but the 20 and the 5 that are coming out, really has to do with that incredible Women on 20s movement, um, which have been pushing for years um, to have women represented our currency. I'm really grateful that's happened, not just in one way, but in lots of different ways um, over the course of the coming years. Um, my, my only uh, thing I said to the Secretary, you know, when we went to perform at the White House, I got a tour of the U.S. Treasury. I spent two minutes asking, you know, Secretary Liu, so what's up with the 10? And he said, you're going to be very happy. That was kind of the end of the conversation. I am no lobbyist. Most of what we talked about was Puerto Rico and its financial crisis. Um, that's something in which, uh, you know, it is much more high stakes, uh, particularly personally for me and for my family, many of whom live on the island. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I know that because a lot of people are listening to Hamilton and Hamilton is staying on the 10, people are connecting the two. But I, I really think the women on 20 deserve a lot more credit than me. We should talk a bit about Puerto Rico, too, because, of course, that you recently were on last week tonight and delivered a rap about Puerto Rico's economic crisis. It's something that you've talked about. What Are you taking any kind of concrete steps beyond raising public awareness about trying to um, be involved in helping the island deal with its debt crisis? I, yeah, I mean, my most immediate goal is is to um, it has been to lobby Congress, um, both by raising awareness um, on shows like John Oliver, which I think brilliantly sort of summarized uh, the many ways in which this has become a perfect storm uh, financially, um, and and talking to members of Congress directly. When we went to the White House, uh, not only did I meet with the Treasury Department, I got to meet with uh, both Democratic and Republican senators just to sort of you know put a human face on the issue. I think, that's, I think that's the most important role I can serve. I don't live in Puerto Rico. I, 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 am, I see my responsibility as the son of, um, of parents born in Puerto Rico to, to sort of sound the alarm bell from the greater diaspora um, and, and sort of you know, raise awareness and put it on the table of national conversation. I've got this big old spotlight on me, um, and I just want to shine it back on my island um, and, you know, I, I'm not a politician. Uh, you know, my, my, my job is to uh, shine a light where it belongs, and, and hopefully Congress will, will, will take the right steps um, uh, to, to allow for relief. 
it seems to have worked because my 10-year-old daughter liked your um, rap on last week tonight, which is the first time she's mentioned anything about raps about Puerto Rican debt crises. So it was, it was kind of amazing <laughs> that you had that impact. So I asked you before, you know, what this what this win means to you. You had this crazy idea to put to, to mix hip hop and American history. It's paid off with 16 Tony nominations. Just tell me what your immediate feelings are now that this has happened. Uh, just gratitude. I mean, profound gratitude. I'm, I, I'm well aware that if my life were a movie, this would be the, the section that whizzes by. Uh, there would be spinning newspapers and flashbulbs and, Mr. Miranda, how do you feel about this? Um, you know, <laughs> it's the part that we speed through in the movie, and I'm just trying to slow it down and live it in real time. Uh, and the good news is I get to go on stage and perform with all of those incredible people tonight. Um, you know, that's what keeps us humble and keeps us grounded. Uh, every night we start from scratch and we tell the story again. Well, thank you, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Congratulations and thanks for talking to the Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much. So we just talked to Lin-Manuel Miranda, the man behind the Broadway musical Hamilton, which just set a new record with 16 Tony nominations, making some history on the Great White Way. For more podcasts, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and now look for us on the Google Play Music app on Android devices.